Welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 189. It is just me. This is an X-Men catch-up episode where I'm going to be going through a Marauders number eight and X-Men number seven. But before we do that, let me tell you all about us. Go over to Twitter and we are there. We're there at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We will follow you right on back. We also have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, very easy to remember, where we end up reviewing most, if not all, of the new books each and every week. We have a YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. That's where I do a bunch of video reviews. If you want to go over there, check out our stuff. It'd be great if you would subscribe to the channel. It'd be awesome. We also have a Patreon account where you can support us for these things that we do on this feed. If you also listen to the DC Comics podcast, and then you get a lot of shows in return. One of them is the weekly Marvel Comics Spotlight, where we talk about two books. We mean me and Brandon usually talk about two books that are picked by the bad butts of the Fresh Start crew. Beep, boop. And this week they picked Marvel's Snapshot Captain America number one, a little bit of the Mad Bum story by Jack Kirby through the eyes of Mark Russell and other characters. You also have Empire Avengers number zero, the uh, Ewing book that's leading us into the whole Empire story. So if you wanted to hear those, Please go over to the Patreon, support us, get a bunch of shows. I actually, in a non-related deal that has synergy, I am going to be doing the Marvel Events podcast where I'm going to start talking about the Captain America Falcon story that Jack Kirby did, the Mad Bomb story. Though every time I see it, I think of Mad Balls. That would be pretty cool, right? That would be neat. Sassy. But I'm going to go right now into... The Marauders book as we start this X-Men catch-up episode. All right, and it's Marauders number eight, written by Jerry Dugan, art by Stefano Caselli, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Reckoning with violence. After an ambush by Hominus Verendi's mercenaries in Marjapur Bay, Kate Pride was secretly betrayed and drowned by Sebastian Shaw, a competing leader within the Hellfire Trading Company who coveted her influence. Although Kate's friends and shipmates were unaware of her murder, Bishop went undercover to follow a Verendi lead from Marjapur to salvage site in international waters. And that's where we kind of ended up where Bishop did end up going on the ship. He's checking things out now while Christian and Emma are off showing the kids of Krakoa all the fun times. It's a field trip on Mars. Hey, look at us. Here is where we have 
portals, gateways to do a lot of our growing of the medicine, growing of the Krakoa flowers, things like that. And as they're going through this, I want to choke Christian out because he knows exactly what's going on. He was in on this whole Cape Pride thing. Well, Emma, she's not aware, but has to be worried. He ended up seeing last issue where she was kind of playing it cool as Emma would when Sebastian says, oh, Hey, what's going on with your Red Queen? Kind of late for a meeting. That really stinks, eh? And Emma's like, oh, I talked to her. She's on her way. She was detained a little, you know, doing the mutant things. She's gathering people. She's helping. And that was not true because we knew that Kate at that point was dead. So you end up where you can tell Emma must really be worried. She's starting to wonder what's going on. She's waiting for word of this. And she does then get word. She gets word from Bishop. Bishop's calling out. It's almost like an all-emergency call to any sort of telepath. It does go to Emma. Emma explains that the cuckoos were working as amplifiers around the world. They're all looking for Kate. Everything's going on. Well, Bishop has found Kate, or at least her body, and says, well, you know, do you want to look through my eyes, Emma? You want to see what's going on? And you do see it's just Kate there. And she is floating in the water. Now, it's kind of not a funny thing, but it's kind of a thing here. And and he is undercover. He's got a bunch of armor equipment of these people in the salvage ship. But you do see that her legs are tied, something that Bishop later seems to, when he opens up the body bag with her in it, when they do get her, seems to be surprised about. But you do see it there as well. So at least the art makes up for this well. Emma ends up finding and pretty much is upset, says, listen, kids, you guys got to go back to the island. Aunt Emma's got to work out some problems here. I got to figure out some things. She obviously doesn't seem to know that Christian is involved and says, all right, we got to get out of here. We got to go to Marjapur. We got to find out what this is. You end up having everybody leaving through the gateway and she does just collapse and then ends up calling out to to me, my marauders. And so with all this, you're waiting for the reactions. You're waiting for the reactions, especially from Iceman and Storm, big time, because they were the mutants that were kind of guarding her. These were the people that Sebastian had to get off of her so that he could do what he had to do. And he ended up using Kate's kind of sassiness and her spunkiness to to not want to be protected to end up making that happen. But you end up having Emma on Christian's sub call Bobby. Hey, you know, come over here. We got to go and says, I I have to break something to you. There's some bad news here. You know, Kate's dead. And he freaks out. I mean, he wants revenge. He is barely going to follow the no killing man law. And he's going to take it to the extreme, an eye for an eye type deal that he says, well, you do see Bishop. He is getting Kate's body. And you see also that this whole salvage ship, the recovery ship, they are going to find Kate's body now so that they can use her DNA. Uh, you know, for Verendi and get some bad things going on. Well, Bishop goes, he ends up being able to take some of that vine that was tying her feet together. That way saw was what Sebastian used when he threw the seeds down, when he went to go get Kate. So you're going to have that as a clue. 
towards. Now, the biggest clue that everybody wants, we want Kate to be resurrected, but because of the whole deal of her not being allowed on Krakoa, her not being accepted by Krakoa, all this is still way, way up in the air. And that comes into play. Bobby is pissed. Bobby is going to take out some revenge. He's going to go hurt some people. But when Storm shows up to talk to Emma at first, Storm really wants to blame Emma saying, you shouldn't have put Kate in this risk. She, We don't know anything about her in Krakoa bringing her back. And I like that this book and this little deal with Kate, though Kate's one of my favorite mutants and it kills me that she's not going to be in this book for a bit. But yet you don't end up having as many of the ramifications of death things. Now, the next issue I'll talk about tonight, the X-Men issue, that's going to deal with the philosophical ideas of resurrection. If you have your soul, how many times these sort of things, but this is where you have Kate, the one person who seems to have the ultimate ramification she's out going about, but she is her own gal and did not want to just sit around doing nothing. And that, that comes into play. Well, as Bishop is, you know, checking out the body. I mean, this is like pretty much she's going there to or he's going to verify that it is her. He verifies this with Emma as well, being telepathic deal, ends up getting this vine, puts it in this thing. But then he's discovered because to get the body, he ended up having to pretty much knock out one of these soldiers, end up shocking him. And they're on to his game. They're coming after Bishop's freaking out. He's got Kate's body and like, I need extraction. I need you guys here. They're like, Don't worry, we're here right now and just says in that deal don't worry i suggest you shelter in place he's like what the heck does that mean all of a sudden but boom they end up hitting something and it starts getting cold and all of these you know all of these mercenary type deals from brenda they are all starting to freeze but it ends up where i do like at points, you end up having the enemies, the humans, all of these. They they tend to really, really go with that. Well, you're not supposed to kill humans. We know that. That has gotten out. One of the worst things to happen, I think, for all the is that got out to the humans. Hey, they can't kill us. You end up with a very Batman-esque situation where you have villains. They're going to go a little over the top sometimes because they don't. Well, Bobby shows that we will still hurt you. But also, I like where these... X-Men are so well known that when you end up doing stuff, you end up having the humans do stuff. They're behind this huge metal door. I mean, this huge, hey, unless Magneto's out there. It's like they all have their favorites still. Hey, Magneto's out there. Oh, man. But yeah, it doesn't matter because Bobby's pissed. And again, he's an Omega. He is going to be able to do some things, and he does. And he just busts the door open by freezing it and then goes. And the whole thing, again, Bishop is trying to stop him. Because Bobby has been told that Kate's dead and he wants revenge. He loves Kate. This is the problem. Christian is in on this whole thing with Sebastian killing Kate only because Bobby loves Kate so much he wouldn't join Christian's crew. And it's so super, it's so surface level the deal that Christian was involved with this to get Bobby on all these things. But Bobby is mad. And he's pretty much spelling out to these people, uh, yeah, I'm not going to kill you. It's going to be kind of worse for you because I'm going to give you such severe frostbite all over. And you know what? Frostbite, it never really heals right. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt all the time. And every time you feel that pain, I want you to think of Kate. I want you to think 
of the awfulness, what you have done. And when you are upset, and I love this line so much, pretty much says to them, when you end up feeling mistreated because of what I did. One guy, he freezes, his his finger just snaps off. And he says, if you feel I have mistreated you today, then you know where I live. You jerks. And yeah, him and Bishop then end up teleporting. They get out of there and they go, well, you end up where Storm shows up pissed and she is ready to punch Emma in the face. She blames Emma at first. It's your fault. Why did you put her as a target? Why did you do this? Emma throws it back and actually says, well, where were my, you know, big, big mutant powers that were supposed to be protecting her? Because you do see... Now, Emma, she ends up, you know, working the deals and the things, but you can tell throughout this whole Marauders how much she did love Kate as well. But Storm is just crying. It's very emotional. This is a very good issue for emotions, especially if you're like me, you have your own emotions for everything that has gone down with Kate. So she ends up saying that. And Emma is kind of there to be like, okay, well, just work out your frustrations anyway. Even says to her at one point, you know, I'll turn to Diamond. You could beat the crap out of me for as long as you need to. But before even that, ends up saying, please, I'm going to let you see in my mind. I want you to feel how you made my heart swell when you reintroduced Cyclops after that assault on Orcus. It was the moment that the magnitude of what we are attempting finally gripped me. And she is showing Storm, I'm not the same Emma that you think. I mean, I am all in with this. We are all together. We're sisters. We have a brotherhood, a sisterhood, all this. And I am for this. And I love all you got. You know, this, I'm not lying. This is, this means so much to me. And, and Emma, again, if anything, Emma is one tough cookie. She is sassy. sassy. She's sassy. And she says, we are going to get Kate back. There's no doubt in her mind that they will find a way and then they will go after whoever did it. I think that she knows. I think she knows it's Sebastian. She, She has to. She has to at least suspect things. And she'll, in my mind, work through this, try to figure out things as we go on. And, you know, as they try you know, all their ways to get Kate back and all that. But yeah, then you just have Sebastian and Shinobi. They're having their dinner. And like, oh my, the little problems up there in the in the White Palace. <laughs> you jerk. I, I just, I swear, there are times when I know that I like an issue because I want to reach in and grab one of the characters and just strangle them to death. And I want to get uh, Sebastian to just strangle him. Shinobi... I thought that Shinobi was kind of going to be a little better than this, where you had that deal, but he's just as bad. And he's like, oh, man, you know, we haven't killed each other yet. and We're getting things done. And they introduce, introduce the new Black Knights, the Fenris, all this stuff going on, you know, and you end that with them eating their dinner. And then we do go back to Marjorie where you do end up. And we saw that Lockheed was brought up in a net because if you did read Lockheed was ending up, he got thrown overboard with Kate to drown. He did not drown. He was saved by these fishermen who are now the, the girl is nursing Lockheed back to life. And the, I guess the dad 
or brother's like, well, you're using all our food for this. It doesn't have the fire with and then he ends up like belching out fire and like, oh, you oh, and it is a father because she goes, oh, you're so wrong, father. And you go. And yeah, it, it's really good. It's really good. I like the art. I like the story. There's emotions here. I am starting to now listen of all the characters in here. Love Kate. She's dead, unfortunately. Always love Storm. Love Bobby. Emma is kind of the wild card in all of this. This issue and I have been liking her. The Emma that I've had, the only real Emma that I've read, because I've explained to everybody, I haven't really read a lot of X-Men. The only real Emma I've read was the Emma in the Joss Whedon book. And, you know, I didn't really dig her then. And I didn't read a ton of that. But here, as each issue has gone on, I've really fallen in love with her. I've really liked her a lot. And seeing these emotions and seeing her, and you want... These characters, if you're going to want to have a couple characters that are going to find and figure out how to bring back Kate and all, one of them I want is Emma. I want her on there. So it's really good to have that. And then Storm and Bobby are awesome too. But then you get Bishop, all of those. I want to see when we find out, you know, Wolverine's reaction, things like that. I look forward to that. Uh, but yeah, overall, I'm giving this a 8.8 out of 10. I could even, I, I, you know what? Let's just go nine. What the heck? Let's get crazy, right? We're going to get crazy. (laughs) Yes. Nine out of ten will go. And now I'm going to go off to the next book, which is X-Men number seven. All right. X-Men number seven is written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Laniel Francis Yu, colors by Sonny Go, letters by VCs Clayton Kells. And like George Michael, this is all about faith. By combining their mutant powers, the five have given the X-Men and the Krakon people the miraculous opportunity to be reborn after death. But nothing so incredible comes without a cost. Now, this is a book that or issue that kind of brings to light the idea of the not rules of coming back, but also it does bring up the idea because I've been saying, hey, Domino, she's flayed and skit. Why don't they just end up bringing her back with all the powers? And and what would stop a lot of people for almost using the idea of the five bringing them back, resurrecting them as like a cosmetic surgery type deal. Oh, my God, I ended up losing an ear while I want to come back. Oh, geez, I I don't like this. You know, you even had as jokes with Emma, I think it was at one point said, I don't know what knows I'll come back with and, and things like that. But this also brings to light some pretty cool things. This issue is good. I think that this issue is another one of those issues, though, that is really for the long-term X-Men fan. This is an issue that is not going to hit as hard with me as it's going to do with people who ha- have been reading and were reading the Decimation you know, event and did the M-Day deal with Scarlet Witch and end up, really, if you are a Melody Guthrie fan, an Arrow fan, boy, this is going to be right there with you because... What this is, is the people from M-Day, when you had Scarlet Witch having, you know, no more mutants, mutants, no more, all that stuff. And some of them never came back with their mutant powers. And this is how they are going to bring them back. But 
because of the deal. And again, like I said, the idea of no tension, no ramifications, no sort of thing with this, oh, we could just resurrect you. I do like the way it's spelled out here. Now, this gets very, very deep. I think at points gets a little too wordy. I think it gets even a little heavy handed with the idea of faith and the idea of religion, the idea of is it right to be resurrected? And when we do get resurrected, are we ourselves still? If you know the fix, they had the song, Are We Ourselves? But with this deal of do we have souls still and what's going on with that? And it, it's kind of pushing the idea of don't, we can't overdo it. But I like the other way of we can't overdo it because if every mutant from M-Day ended up deciding, well, this is the greatest thing. I'll just kill myself. They'll bring me back. I need my powers. And believe me, I would say that a lot, if not all of the mutants, would want that to happen. If you all do that, then the five get overwhelmed. The five won't be able to bring everyone back right away. They won't be able to. And I think that one of the things on the side that's not, you know, mentioned fully, but if a Wolverine and a Cyclops go off on a mission and they die, they're going to be brought back pretty quick. Right. So you can't have this long line going. You can't have the resources, you know, strained. Especially because there's some, you know, there is a hierarchy. There is some things going on. But also, you just can't do it because every, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a million mutants need to be brought back. That's not possible. So what they have set up is this crucible. And this is played out, in my mind, it's played out very much like the classic story, The Lottery. I remember when I was in fourth grade, we had to read The Lottery. And then we actually got to watch a TV show kind of based on it. And it, it, it disturbed me, and I still get mad at my fourth grade teacher for all that. But, yeah, I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my, they won the lottery. This is – oh, no, they're getting stoned. That's not a lottery you want to win. And I say that I don't mean the stone that some people are like. I don't know why he's so upset about that because I don't like that either. Say no to drugs, kids, but also say no to stoning when you have a lottery. But, yeah, so when you have this, it is played out like that. And back in the day, and I mean back in the day when this came out, the issue, uh, Marvel did not really release a full solicit for it either. They didn't release a preview. They really wanted people to be surprised at what happened. And so when this goes down, I'm not exactly shocked. Right when they said, I'm like, here we go, it's the lottery, and now I'm disturbed again. But you end up where you see what has to be done, and you see this crucible is something that not all the mutants are down with. You start right away on the Summer's House on the Moon, the Summer Resort, I like to call it, where you do end up having Scott and Logan sitting there looking at the the Earth, the Earth rise. And talking, and I really like their dialogue here. I really like that friendly kind of best friend, but not really. And hey, I kind of love you, but I don't like you. You know, that sort of thing. It's really well done. But you end up, Scott's like, hey, Logan, you're going to, to the Crucible. It's happening today. Now, this is the first Crucible. I didn't actually get that until a little later. I thought that this was something where, oh, my God, it's been going on a while. And we'll figure. But yeah, and. Wolverine's like, no, I aren't going to that. And they're talking a little. Do you think it's right? Do you think it's wrong? And Scott really seems to be having, you know, 
a crisis of conscience, a crisis of faith, all about that. Like he doesn't know if he thinks it's right or wrong. And he's really looking for others in my mind to tell him what they think. Wolverine basically is like, "Ah, what does it matter? If I don't think it's right or I'm not part of the whole deal, I'm not on the council. They're doing their thing. They have their reasons. Pretty much, you know, they point me in places where I'm going to schnick and I'm going to cut people. But, you know, I'm not going to go. And Scott says, I think I kind of need, you know, to talk to somebody. And Wolverine says, maybe you should talk to a priest. And kind of like a, a, a you know, as a, I don't know if it's tongue in cheek, but kind of like a joke. And And that's where. Scott's like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. He suits up and he goes. And there's a really quick deal where you end up, Scott goes through the gateway. He's walking through the forest there on Krakow. He ends up seeing Cypher, and it does look like Cypher and Warlock are getting merged together in a crazy deal. Now, one of the things that end up coming, because he goes to see Nightcrawler, and he's talking to him. It's very faith-based. He wants to know where he is. He goes and finds him. There's this big tower that has come about where nobody can enter. There's a funny thing where it's almost like Scott and Nightcrawler talking like, yeah, there's some guy, a mutant. He was talking about cutting into that, but he couldn't. They're like, it's Wolverine. We know this. We don't have to pretend and not say names. But he couldn't get in. Nobody could get in. Well, Nightcrawler, he got in. He ended up going in and it ended up almost like this was paradise for him, but is paradise. And I said it gets very deep. It gets a bit heavy handed. The idea of what is paradise? What is heaven? Where are we supposed to work for heaven towards heaven? Oh, what are we doing here? It does go into the whole discussion of this crucible of the resurrection. And we do find out then with Melody that the the crucible is yeah she's picked she is going to pretty much have gladiatorial combat with apocalypse when he is going to kill the crap out of her so that she can earn her way back and and it is one of those things that you go through here and there are times during a lot of this dawn of x stuff all this hickman x-men stuff where you tend to start getting a little uncomfortable with things about the idea okay these x-men you know, they're the heroes we love. We're reading these, but they're kind of getting a little wonky. They're kind of getting towards a cultish thing. They're kind of, you know, you have Xavier who he seems to be hell bent on world domination, except he's not, but he is. You end up having just recently the last episode where Beast was going over the line a little, where he was making Jean do things that she didn't like. Like there's points where things do and this crucible with apocalypse and i i really thought at one point as we get into this and then i read it a couple times more for this podcast that you were gonna see that this was something that like xavier or magneto they would want no parts of they're letting it happen and it almost like well that's like an apocalypse thing that's something about like apocalypse he's that sort of guy who is there for the pomp and circumstance, things like that, some uh, even cultish things like we're seeing with him in Excalibur. But yet there's, you know, Professor X and Magneto front seat, front row, they are. So, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it just it kind of feels a little off at points. But you do end up, and like I said, you're gradually led into finding out what this crucible is. You have Melody wake up and they're like, it's the day we heard. She's like, the crucible? Yes. Do you want to do it? It's today. When? She's all fired up because she wants her 
powers back. But you do get that concern from her, you know, her brothers and sisters, Husk. Uh, you end up having Cannonball, Icarus, all these like, yeah, they, they're still concerned and they don't want her to be in pain or hurt. But she's going to she's going to get just ripped apart by Apocalypse. Now you end up having Exodus where as this gradual deal towards it, you're starting to learn info. And Jonathan Hickman isn't just coming out and saying like, hey, the Crucible is this thing where we get all these people that didn't have their powers from the the old mutants no more. You know, all that stuff. You're learning as he goes. And you have Exodus. He's telling the story like, oh, kids, you ever hear of the Scarlet Witch? Boo! They're all yelling, pretender! Ah, they're all yelling. But again, very cult-esque in this. Very, very cult-esque. And they're talking about the Crucible. Hey, you know, this is what happened. No more mutants. No more mutants. I know. And she sentenced one million of us to hell on earth, trapped in a body that was a prison. And, you know, some of them, they ended up having the gifts stolen back. And they couldn't get it. Now, would you sacrifice everything to get it back? And all this. And yes, no more, no more. And they're all fired up. It's like children of the corn for crying out loud. I'm telling you, these kids are going to go up and start slicing and dicing at one point. But yeah, so yeah, you have all this as they're going. As it's like almost like a walking tour of the island and the people with Scott and and Nightcrawler as they're going through. And it's good. Again, like I said, it, it is a little heavy handed. They get to where this crucible is gonna be, and then it, it really picks up just the action. You get this whole deal with apocalypse. I mean, the art in this looks really good, and, and at points the angles really end up telling the story as well, where you have Melody go and she's going to have to fight Apocalypse, not even thinking that she's going to survive because she really doesn't want to. But you have to fight like a, you have to fight like you mean it. You have to fight to prove this deal. And when you first see Apocalypse, I mean, he looks like he's 70 feet tall because, you know, we're almost looking at it through Melody's eyes. He is so in, but this is Apocalypse. We're crying out loud. And she's going to face off against him. And, and just even the visual of it, of Apocalypse. I mean, we know what Apocalypse looks like, but his armor, his big belt that looks like he might be at least a former intercontinental champion. Huge sword. And there's Melanie. She's just got flowers, you know, a wreath of flowers on her head. She has to pick a sword. You do end up seeing, especially Cannonball and Husk, really, really upset because you have Apocalypse through this whole deal. Like, okay, well, oh, you're a Guthrie. Yes, a fine deal, a fine name of mutant kind. You must be a real disappointment to them. And you end up pretending, I'm going to knock his block off. It's so upset. Where Husk is there. And there's the thing, though. We know what's going on, even though this is the first thing. So it's, it's a little over the top as this we get into that whole idea with Kurt telling Scott, you know, well, we come back. Do we have a soul? It's very, very religious. It's very much on Kurt's mind. It's very much making him. You know, think that he needs something more here on Krakoa, that 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 this whole deal is not just, you know, he needs something more spiritual. He's going to have to do something by the end. The big reveal, the big thing is he's going to start a mutant religion. He needs it. And I think that it's very well played out as as they're watching this and as he he listens to Scott having problems. As he has his own problems and as he sees these rituals going on, things like that. 
there is that bit on the side. There is that little nagging thing that you think Kurt has of like, what does it all mean? Where can I make this make sense in my way, in my mind? And I think that a religion is needed for this so that things can kind of go the right way, but also that we don't end up coming back as soulless things. We we need a little more. You know, the Krakoa needs a little more. What we're doing needs a little more. So I do really, really like that. But yeah, Melody, she is getting... The crap, she is bleeding. She falls down. Apocalypse just says, you say the word now. We will heal you. You could be human. Nonsense. You just you'll go off. You can live your life. You can do that. And I, the one thing about this is that you get the idea, but I wish that we got it more through her deal. Like, this is the thing that you are going to die. I don't know if anybody listening has ever died because we don't know how that is. And just the idea, even though you know you're going to be resurrected, even though you know that this resurrection will give you back your best self, it'll make you whole again from what was taken from you by Scarlet Witch. It's still dying. It's still a thing that you really don't know how that would ever feel, how that would work out what that will be and and just the idea where you get through kurt and scott of how do you come back what are you then all these things with that now y- you say that and scott has come back and we've seen these mutants come back and so i i do like this it's almost like i i want it to be less over the top wordy and more of through melody's deal more through her eyes of what she's going through as this happens because she she's getting just destroyed and and again you also see her brothers and sisters freaking out as she gets killed and i love the progression of it where you end up have a apocalypse and again in a very faith-based religious even occult way where she falls down and he says accept, accept this gift you have earned it and ends up going to stab her and you get two panels of black and then her coming back she's coming out of the egg out of the goo the yolk all over the yolks on her i i hear isn't it How dare i'm you? sorry about that and so comes back they welcome back hey on your feet child krakoa is waiting for you and ends up coming as almost like here we go. Here's a rebirth. And especially this is bigger to this only because these are the whole deal with, you know, the Scarlet Witch things. This isn't just, you know, you went on a mission and died. This is actually a rebirth of a mutant. This is a mutant who had to deal with being human. And now it is. And it again, it's very, very religious like this whole deal. And that's where Kurt's like. Yeah, I think I'm going to start a mutant religion. I think I need to do that. And, you know, we'll get that. And you end up seeing Arrow. She lifts up. She has all that brilliant light around. It ends up. And I again, I think the art is great in this. And I think that the way that that is portrayed, even where the light is so bright and we're in the crowd, we're one of the mutants looking and it's so bright that things are kind of glaring off. You know, you can't get the full detail. So good. Really good. And yeah, so they're thinking, you know, what's right or wrong about this, all that, but you do. I think I need to start a mutant religion. And there is Melody smiling now. Are we going to go off and find out that some of these mutants, some like a Melody, are they going to come back a little different? Uh, there's stories that can play off a lot of the stuff. And that that's what interests me the most about 
this X-Men stuff. Not necessarily what we've gotten so far. But most of the issues do end up. I just talked about Marauders, and a lot of the things that I'm pumped up about is waiting to see Emma just tear through people to find out who killed Kate. This, I'm wondering, you know, what is this whole deal? When the resurrections, is there going to be too much? Are we going to get to a point where somebody's resurrected too much? And also, they have a thing in here where they have these wills where they're willing, I want to come back like Magneto, because you can end up doing things. We see earlier in that cypher or log, you know what's going on with all this it's very intriguing i really did like this issue this was an issue that my man jay if he's listening i believe this is the one that he asked me if i read back when it came out and i said i'm not reading the x-men books at that point i had not decided to catch up and do all this and he just said wait till you read it it's great and again i think that my score is still going to be pretty high But I think that if you are a long-time X fan, if you've been reading a lot, I think that this will be something that will have, you know, a little more effect for you because of what you've gone through, because of, you know, these deals. You know, so me just reading it here. And then I looked up stuff. I hope that it's obvious that I did do some research so that I could talk about it. But doing research is not there in the week-to-week basis back in the day, sitting there waiting to see who's losing their powers and how they're all that stuff. I don't have that emotional thing with it, that attachment. Still, it's a 9.5. I mean, I could say all I want and say that it's, hey, I didn't really get it as much as everybody else. Still a 9.5. It's one of the best issues that we've had, especially in this flagship X-Men book, but one of the best issues that kind of, Gives you some little bit of more rules, but sets up some other mysteries, some other things. You go through all of that, and it just feels big. It feels really big, even for me, and things like that. So I really I did enjoy it. But that's that. I'm only going to do these two books tonight, and then we will continue on. I will try my best to have another X episode on Saturday, then another on Monday. Then me and Brandon will get together on Tuesday to talk the regular books and we're getting more regular books and we'll be talking probably immortal hulk and spider ham one of those is a little more popular than the other but you can guess which one that is uh but we'll be talking about those it may be just me doing immortal hulk brandon is not fully kept caught up on it but if he does get caught up he'll be joining me as well so we'll figure all that as long as his connection works out i will tell you i was going to say at the beginning of this i'm recording in a new area i ended up getting shoved down in our unfinished basement that is kind of moldy i'm having problems breathing here uh but i have to get used to editing the sound and everything when when you're doing these if, if anybody out there is somebody who records a podcast and ends up editing it themselves things like that you probably will know what you mean or i mean that when you're recording You get used to the things in the area that you're recording. You get used to I had settings where and I do my editing through Audacity. And I know this might be a little too into it for most people, but I end up knowing exactly how much of the noise I have to take out, where to kind of grab a little sample, do this and that. I don't know how this works down here. And I think things have been pretty quiet. I I recorded something earlier and I'm going to end up record or editing them at the same time that had some problems because i'm right next to the water heater and that started piping up and nonsense so it didn't happen right now because it's late 
and everybody's asleep. I guess the water heater does not need to kick in when nobody's taking a shower. We have, I have five kids, so there's a lot of showers going on. But right now, everything seems to be all quiet on the Western Front. But thanks, everybody, for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed both books. I thought this was one of the stronger two issue episodes with how good the books were and how much I liked them. So, hey, I hope you enjoyed that again. I will mention that you can go and follow us on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us. We will follow you back so we can talk about things. I was talking to a new person that I just met last night telling me about their favorite superheroes and things like that. And I was really enjoying that conversation. Their favorite uh, Marvel hero, Ant-Man. And I said, that's pretty cool. I, I don't hear that often as a favorite hero. So I, I thought that that was really neat. We also have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. I ended up doing the Empire Avengers number zero review on the site. You can go check that out as well as all the other books that came out this week. We have a YouTube channel that is Weird Science Comics, and I ended up doing reviews of the Empire Avengers number zero there as well. So if you don't like to read and you like to look and listen, you could go over there or you could do both. And then we also have a Patreon where you can support us for this podcast, all the other ones we do each and every week, and then get more and more and more. We do a lot of stuff over on the Patreon. Basically, what I say to everybody, we're getting near the end of the month. So, I'll, you know, this is almost like a life hack type deal. Just wait until the 1st of July. Then you sign up. You don't get charged right away. What you do is you, you sign up. And then you won't get charged until August, August 1st. But if you don't like what you hear, you can quit before then and never get charged. It's a way that you can check things out. I think that we do enough good things that you'll want to stick around. But if you don't, there's no fuss, no muss. All I can ask is you give it a try. But thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. And I will talk to you soon. Let me tell you how it will be We'll all catch up on the books you see Cause it's the X-Men Yeah!